And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com. As always, make sure you visit our good friends down at the Holy Grail at the banks. They will get you taken care of. Great food, cold drinks, and uh, a great atmosphere, especially this time of year. If you're headed to a Reds game, or if you're just going to go down there and enjoy the festivities without giving the Castellinis your money, there's no better place to go than the Holy Grail. And uh, Dave, we've got to we got to work on something. We got a, a segment we got to come up with next week as we introduce a new sponsor into this. Okay. Show. Wonderful. And we're going to have to probably move that flag. We're going to have something for you to put behind you. All right. That so, works. There we go. Uh, I don't know how you're going to get it to me, but sure. I'm going to mail it to you. Well, All right. They're going to mail it to you. Okay. It's a product I'm really excited about. I uh, will. Hey, if we're getting paid for it, I will gladly uh, show it off. Let's get right to it. We are joined. Special guest this week. The newest member of the Bearcat Journal family. My friend and a, and a young guy in this industry that has a very bright future. He is a Cincinnati native. He is somehow about to graduate college and uh, <laughs> come back to town and, and get on the Bearcat Journal train. Welcome, Keegan Nickerson. Keegan, what's going yes, on? Yes, I'm happy to be here. You know, you had Tyler Scott Monday, and now you have me. I don't know which one's more important or the bigger guest, but I think well, I, I, mean, I, can, I can contribute we'll, a little bit. We'll get Dan way Hord. more views tonight. Dan Horde, Dan Hord, Tyler Scott, Keegan Nickerson. So not that you've That's got not that you've got a lot to live up to. Yeah. But um let's get to it. You are you are a Bearcat, even though you, you're getting ready to graduate from IU. Mm-hmm. Uh give us a little bit of the Keegan Nickerson backstory as the room fills up and uh and you can let people kind of know where you came from, how you got where you're at, and and where you're uh, where you're at in this business. Yeah, so um graduated from ross high school in 2019 uh played baseball there all four years um thought i thought i was good enough and i think i was good enough to play juco baseball so i went to danville area community college in illinois for two seasons lost my freshman year to covid and then lost my second year to a blown hamstring in the first weekend of the season so then I turned into the social media manager of the baseball Twitter account. Um, but I always knew I had a passion for sports media. I was doing play-by-play of the basketball games um, at Danville. So I kind of just fell back on my love for writing, love for journalism. Transferred to Indiana. Um, knew I wanted to get involved. Replied to a job posting uh, with rivals in the Hoosier.com and since that day when I, it was just a shot in the dark, sent in my resume, I've covered probably a hundred and if you count AAU events, probably 150 to 200 Indiana related athletic events, basketball, football, all of it. Um, and now I'm here. So I'm back, grew up rooting for UC, been to, been, been through all the hell. I don't know what the hell was like before I was born in 2000, but, um, it's been a lot of fun. So I'm really, really excited to get back with this new transition to the Big 12. Really important year for the Bearcats. 
what I what it was like before I was born in two thousand. <laughs> I, I hate this guy already. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. You got anything for him, Dave? We'll let we'll let Dave grill you. Put the put the put the bright light on him, Dave. Grill me. So why did you go to Indiana when when your illustrious baseball career ended and not come back to UC? Well, I had always known that Indiana's sports media program was different. So I could graduate with a a degree in sports media and a specialization in journalism. Um, I hadn't heard anything really incredible about Cincinnati's journalism school or their sports journalism program. Um, and I, I guess kind of adopted by Indiana a little bit, um, being on the state line there in Illinois. But I just, I had heard about it. I actually enrolled before even visiting. Um, I really love this place, to be honest with you. The campus is absolutely ridiculous. The borderline insane passion for the basketball team has really made my position at the Hoosier.com necessary. Uh, so that passion really pushed me to be a better writer. And um, the, yeah, the, the college is great. And I'm proud to be an Indiana Hoosier. Were you in attendance for the hottest football game in Indiana University history uh, when the University of Cincinnati Bearcats came in and uh, LEO'd themselves <laughs> all over uh, Mr. Allen and his favorite son, Micah McFadden? <laughs> yeah, so that was my second game covering the football team, and it was only my second game – being in the press box and being in that press box setting. So I wouldn't say my journalistic integrity was up to par <laughs> at that time. So when um, I think it was Tim Baldwin fumbled on the goal line and Beavers recovered it. And that was like, Indiana was threatening. Like they were going to come back and win this game. When that fumble happened, I had like a little reaction and then I had to like calm myself down. Um, but that game was awesome. I remember calling my dad, walking out like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just got to sit in a press box and watch that game. And then that was kind of the flip of the switch there for that magical season. So. Well, it was much better than sitting in the stands because you would have died <laughs> as they ran out of water and beer and yeah. people didn't get in until halftime. The, the Hoosiers did not put on a, a very uh, a good uh, – fan experience that day. I think I saw some letters being sent out after the game from <laughs> the administration. Um. Yeah. Memorial Stadium is not a haven for um, good concessions. Football. I mean, that's a completely different <laughs> issue that we're going to have to, that we're going to have to tackle. Um, yeah. Memorial Stadium is not a great setting for college football. And you know, the large percentile of the NIL just gets straight to the basketball program and trying to bring in transfers, recruits, try to keep guys as we saw last season. And it's a very, very rare case where a school completely puts football on the back burner. And um, the whole situation with the buyout for Tom Allen is kind of put him back in the corner. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a little bit, they got to have a couple magical seasons, especially in the big 10 um to kind of maybe get a renovation maybe get a whole new stadium but then there's a conversation of what do you do with assembly hall 
And do you tear that down? Do you renovate it? So it's it's going to be a long time. Well, not, right, now that you're Indiana. now that you've gra- <laughs> yes, now that you've graduated and you're you're back uh, almost. Or, He's not or, there or, yet. Almost, almost graduated. Almost back here. Uh, what are you most looking forward to about covering the Bearcats? Are you a football guy? A basketball guy? Are you? Into the Big 12 move, uh, does it not matter to you? Were you a – did you grow up loving UC football or basketball? Like, uh, you know, kind of work, take me through that. Yeah, so I grew up – being in Ross, you would be surprised. I think I had three or four friends that were UC fans, and everyone else was Ohio State. So I was constantly being attacked by everyone at Ross who was Ohio State fans, and I – I just constantly had to defend myself against like the bigger brother, I guess. Um, but yeah, I grew up and one of my favorite games, I don't know if you guys remember this, me, my brother took me to the Marshall game when Marshall came in. I don't, what year was that? 2015, 2016. And Marshall would not miss from three at all. Like, I think it was like a hundred. Yeah. Troy Copain gets the teardrop at the end off the rebound. Yeah. Everybody had no business winning that game. <laughs> Zero business winning that game. Um, so, yeah, I had a lot of good memories. The Nevada loss still gives me nightmares. And it's, me and my friends talk about – yeah, we don't speak the, about Nevada. We don't speak of. <laughs> I was there. It was Really? Oh, yeah. Wow. Not great. Me too. Yeah, but in terms of what I'm excited for – I just can't – I can't get Bob Huggins coming back to Fifth Third Arena out of my head. I think that's going to be a really, really cool experience. Um, I'm, I'm football, basketball, everything, uh, recruiting, trying to keep up with all of it. So I, I can span a pretty wide area there. Well, there's certainly been a lot to keep track of. I mean, Chad and I will get on here quite often and be like, what are we going to talk about? And then there's always – there's a lot on this, if you want to call it beat. You know, we don't take <laughs> yeah. ourselves that seriously, but, you know, there seems to always be something going on. Yeah. Imagine, Dave, spending all that money for a degree and you come out of it working for us. <laughs> yeah, I hope you, I hope, uh, my mom, I hope mom and dad, you know, I hope you had some nice grants and scholarships and, and things I of that it. nature. I got a decent scholarship. It's not decent. I got a good scholarship. And the out-of-state tuition for two years at Indiana is still going to add up if I had went to a UC or Ohio State for all four years. Well, So it, that that's something that I don't speak of. Higher ed is a racket, <laughs> and I advise anyone to not go, not go to it at this point. But that's neither here nor there. It's got me on StreamYard with you guys right now, so I'm happy that well, I did it. Yeah, I don't think going, I don't think going to like you probably could have just been a dude on Twitter and gotten on this shit. Like you didn't need to fork over, you know, 40, 50 grand. <laughs> to indiana to get on this show that's for damn sure Way I mean, i'm i'm on it for god's sakes chad's on it like uh, dave, dave was not hired for his journalistic integrity i'll tell you that much right now no that's funny <laughs> he he brings his cat onto the show every week yeah well I, you don't bring your cat onto the show the cat is just no, a side she, part of the show yeah she uh 
She's not happy with us right now, so I don't know if we'll see her tonight. That's not even bringing up my story on how I got started here. <laughs> <laughs> just called me drunk one night and was like, "How are you?" <laughs> we're like Absolutely. we're like the uh, AAC of podcast networks. Yeah. Like, just, hey, <laughs> bring your crippled, you know, bring bring your decrepit, like exactly, we'll, land big. We'll, we'll take you all. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, so, so was this like your, your, like you had this mapped out when you started like hanging around at AAU events? Like, Hey Chad, what's up? Like, like, (laughs) when I get done with here, like I've got my eyes set on moving back home. Well, here's, it was all, I knew it was always something that I was going to pursue. The interesting thing about this field right now is if you get a job with Gannett or Lee or McClatchy, you're always basically every month you're on the line for being laid off or being furloughed. So this two, four, seven and on three, not so much rivals anymore. Um, but it's just, it's kind of taking over a little bit in terms of college coverage. Like you see the athletic is laying off people. So I knew, I always knew it would be a good idea. Um, I've seen what Peegs has done in Indiana. They've got the market cornered and I knew that that's what BCJ was for Cincinnati. So I always knew it was a good idea. Go ahead for a second, Dave. <laughs> so you, I, I, am I correct in saying you will be at the spring game Saturday? Yes, I'll be at the All spring right. game. So you're going to make that coverage. awful. Are you in Bloomington currently? Yes, so I'm you're going to make that hellacious drive to come watch glorified <laughs> practice. Yeah. What are uh, you? What are you most looking forward to seeing? I'm looking forward to seeing the defensive line, offensive line matchups. I think um, having Briggs and Corleone is one of the maybe more underlooked parts of this Cincinnati team. <laughs> What's up, Pickle? Or no, that's not Pickle. Oh, yeah. is Pickle. No, okay. this is Pickle. This is Pickle. That's Pickle? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Briggs and Corleone is a really interesting thing that I'd like to see. Um, I know Satterfield is talking about how thin they are at wide receiver. So I think that's an opportunity for someone to really show out and kind of pop off the page if they can make a couple plays. Um, but then really just to see what they need to stack up on with the portal opening um, April 15th, I think it was. Yeah, like, why, um, I'll tell you, wide receiver. Wide receiver. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. They have like yeah. seven guys and one's a walk-on who's actually been pretty damn good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean – Tight end might be right up there as well at this point. It is, but I mean, you usually carry 12 ish receivers and to only have, you know, the numbers that they do. I mean, I, I wouldn't be, now granted, there needs to be uh, viable options, but mm-hmm. I three to four guys, it was not out of the question uh, to be added if, if those guys exist. Yeah, which I think if you're going to go in the portal and look at some guys and you're going to tell them, hey, you can come to this school, which has some of the most momentum in the country, and you can be one of the guys offensively at receiver, I think that's a great pitch. I think there's something that a lot of people would be interested in. Yeah, there's definitely snaps. Definitely snaps. Um, Also, looking at the running back situation, I know Montgomery and Kiner offer a really interesting tandem. 
And um, if Kiner can kind of just put it all together, playbook standpoint, I think he can be what a lot of people thought he could be coming out of high school if he were to choose Cincinnati. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see. I was there yesterday. Interested to see in more of a – it's still going to be a scrimmage per se, but, I mean, Scott talked about 125 plays, so it might be variations. It's not going to be like an actual game, but there's going to be plenty of, you know, team stuff, and I'm interested to see the running backs too because I think Miles is – I think this is his opportunity. Uh, I think he, in this run scheme – with the the stretch zone and the and the wide zone stuff, he has an opportunity to to kind of I think differentiate himself from Corey a little bit in that he can find that crease and cut on that cutback and go seventy, where mm-hmm. I think Corey, Corey can do the same thing but probably go you know thirty to forty, um, mm-hmm. just depending on the play. But Miles has that home run ability. But I mean, the backfield's has a lot of options. The offensive line seems to be coming together. You know, if you can't complete a pass though, you know, what does that mean to what the defense is trying to do? So, you know, we'll, we'll see about that. Um, let me see what, what else for Saturday. Uh, just basketball. Well, I guess we'll switch basketball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, UC added a, a trans. Yeah, I've got a commitment from a transfer. Oh, we're gonna do. I, I walked outside for a second. We're done with football already. Well, asking Keegan about football, I didn't know. He's gonna stick around it... for the show. He said we got him as long as he wants him. He needs to learn what that means here on Bearcat Journal. <laughs> well, on this show, it's different than on other shows. At times, sure. <laughs> on this show, we have a very hard and fast two-hour rule. On other shows, not so much. That was like uh, Tyler on Monday. Uh, we're like, how long we got you? He's like, how long you need me? I'm like, don't, no. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> how long don't do we that. got you? He's like, how long oh, would you know. like to be on here? He said 30, 40 minutes and we went an hour 10. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I didn't know if, I didn't know if you were back yet. So that's why I was trying to, you know, if you want to ask me stuff about practice or if you want to talk more football, we can talk more football. I thought yeah, I was there's, just... there's something going on. Somebody rang our doorbell. The dogs went crazy and then there was nobody at the door. So it's probably the idiot little eighth grade boys that live two doors down that I'm going to have well, to break their kneecaps. Yeah. <laughs> Take them out. You know, I was an eighth grade boy once. I know why they're ringing my doorbell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, oh wow. But no, we can st- we can stick on football. Like I said, I was at practice on Saturday. Yeah. Pepper him uh, with questions, Keegan. You're you're the new guy Wednesday. here. Let's let's see. Let's hear what you want to hear. Well, I guess the storyline is what's Emory Jones been like. Is he a guy that can take that spot and flourish, or is it going to be Ben Bryant hitting the deep balls but struggling mid to short? I mean, I only saw one practice, so I'm not the best person to answer that. Chad has seen even his limited time that he's been able to be there has seen more than me. Uh, and the way that they've done practice, there's just they are really emphasizing installing probably I'm not going to say too much, but installing as much as they can, and then they'll pair it back in the fall and, and you know in game plans. So they haven't done a ton of team stuff, so yeah. it's, it's hard to get a 
a read on Emery, especially because he's not really able to use his dual threat abilities. Um, I mean, if I if I'm handicapping what I saw in one day and what I've heard, I mean, I would I would lean towards Ben mm-hmm. um, having the edge right now, which is pretty remarkable because I think he's man. I'm a lot of things. I'm not a doctor. Uh, I think he's about <laughs> like two months ahead of where realistically he should be from like Liz Frank surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, the hope was by the end of spring, he would be doing some like one-on-ones. Yeah. Like it's a four to six month deal to like, just start like getting back into stuff like, and to be out there pretty much, pretty much full go. I mean, I don't think he is technically full go and obviously they won't be full go. He's they not going to be live. The quarterbacks won't be live on Saturday. Um, but, you know, I, I think I would say he has an edge. Now, I don't know if that's a huge one or a small one, so I'm, I'm sure things can still uh, be determined. And uh, this is this is something I, else. It's been better so far. But, yeah. okay. but, again, they're not running the quarterbacks. Like, they have done some – some RPO install stuff and and stuff where Emory has gotten to run a little bit, but he, he's not live, so you don't really get to see like the full like who he is as a runner. Um, but I mean, I think it's been pretty clear that Ben has been better so far. But you have to take it with the caveat that it's not uh, fully factoring in what Emory is capable. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's just a lot going on there. Ben reco- recovering from injury, both of them learning a new system. Emery learning his third system in three years. Yeah. Uh, a very shallow wide receiver pool, a new, you know, a new offensive line going against, you know, what is easily the best position group on the team. Like, I don't think the quarterbacks are really going to stand out you know, kind of regardless of, of who's necessarily playing the best. They both have a lot uh, stacked against them in the spring. Yeah. And what about – is Dragos kind of that guy that's lining up to take over next year? Is he that good from what I'm hearing? I mean, the dude the dude is talented. He's athletic. I'm hesitant to just, like, automatically pencil in what would likely be a redshirt freshman to just be your starting quarterback in the Big 12. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows how that's going to go. Um, he throws a real nice ball. He threw a, a, a real nice looking ball that I noticed yesterday, but he also underthrew it. And, you know, if the two DBs didn't plow each other out, it probably would have been an interception. So he's, he's got a, he's got a ways to go, but like most freshmen would, but I think he fits, you know, I think he fits what they want in a quarterback. Like he is a runner, <clears throat> And more so a runner than I'll just run when I need to. Like, they can do some design stuff with him. But he's also, you know, for an – I'm going to just say 18-year-old. I don't know how old he is. But for an 18-year-old freshman, he's pretty advanced as a passer. Like, his high school team ran pretty much the spread. And they were really, really successful, uh, you know, his last two years there. So – you know, I think there's a lot to be encouraged with him, but again, I mean, it's hard to 
to really go too too far out on a limb at this stage. The guys played like you know twelve college practices. I will say yeah. this: I have a I have a friend who's a pretty accomplished quarterback coach who was at one of the first practices and said that his mechanics were probably the most sound on the team just from a natural like his arm slot and how he you know gets the ball out and all the all the things that a quarterback coach would would look for drogosh had those intangibles those natural you know because throwing like your throwing motion it can be fine-tuned it can be you know tweaked but it naturally is for the most part what it is and i know this guy was who's coached some pretty damn good quarterbacks over the years felt like he was like is, is 12 the true freshman i was like yeah that's the that's the young kid he's like man He's got it up by his ear. He gets it out quick. There's no wind up. There's no wasted movement. Like he just has that somebody when he was little or he just, that's how he, he started doing it. Like somebody has him on the right track in terms of the mechanics of being a passer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, we say all this and then there could just be some like, skinny kid that comes in at, at the Rose Bowl after a stupid fumble and then takes a team to a playoff <laughs> that no one knew about. <laughs> so, Yeah, I mean, for about 10 years in a row before Dez kind of made his mark, they went through multiple quarterbacks and sometimes even three or four. So Gunner Keel was a goat. <laughs> for one, for at least like <laughs> half a season. Uh that's, that's my all-time so that's my all-time prediction Keegan I have two actually so every, every year before the season starts Chad and I go through the schedule and we predict every game and in 2021 I predicted the Bearcats would go undefeated and I don't think I predicted they would go to the playoff because that was just ridiculous to even consider going into the year. Mm -hmm. But my other my that so that's my good. My bad prediction is that the gunner the one gunner keel year, I also predicted they would go undefeated and they went six and six. So <laughs> so that that one wasn't wasn't so good. So I also was, you know, driving the gunner keel hype train and was looking real good after they hung 60 something on Toledo, but uh, it, it did not, it did not bear fruit the way I uh, would have hoped. Yeah. But that, that shot to Chris Moore and Columbus, that, yeah. I mean, that I mean, just wrapped up the whole season. If that, that only they the didn't give season. up 700 and something yards and, you know, 50 something points. Look, if that game could have just been, it's Chris Moore versus Eli Apple. <laughs> yeah because without a, a missed interference he probably has four catches for 240 yards there were some and four super, super fishy calls in that game as the game yeah. was like kind of technically still on the balance i remember an offensive pass interference on johnny holton that was just absolute dog shit uh but yeah we couldn't i mean they could if they had just kept playing that game, Ohio State would have just scored as many points as, the, as allowed. 
Mm-hmm. So you're only allowed Kiel, to score so many points. And Gunnar Keel would have died because Joey Bosa would have hit him again. Uh, <laughs> and again. Know. Well, after he hurt him the first time and Gunnar somehow stayed in. Yeah. But no, I'm, I'm uh, let's see, what else? Ask me something else, Keegan. Come on. Ask Ted, me something Ted else. usually does the asking, so. What's your favorite helmet that oh, this is, this is easy, easy. Black helmet. Uh, C. Paul on one side, numbers on the other, white face mask. No, I, I think the dark red with the stripes, the one that Kay and Kelsey wore in the Belk Bowl. Oh, I think that will go the, down like, the best. with the pl- like the diamond, like the diamond yeah. cutter for no. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great helmet. It was. That was that's, an awesome helmet. that's not the best one. The one that Jason oh. gave Travis's away. In the stands, yeah, after after. <laughs> no, it wasn't it a in a bar, story. yeah. No, well, well, yeah, David, bar. Jason they, Travis gave Jason the helmet after the game and said, like, hang on to this, I want to keep it. And yeah. then they went out to the bar, and Travis came in, and his helmet was just somebody had it on, it was gone. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. That was a great helmet, but yeah. Forget the numbers, Dave. Just black classic C. Paul. I do love the white face mask on the black helmets. Yeah, that whole that uniform combo is unmatched. Yep, black jerseys, white pants, black helmet with the white face mask. Dave mm-hmm. loves that one. That's his. Mm-hmm. That's his. That's his jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, let's get back to practice, Dave. Um, okay. Anything else stand out? Anybody else? Like everybody wants to talk quarterback. We talk running back. Um, Offensively, did anything else catch your eye? Hutchman had a good end of the practice. Yeah, just the, the line. I thought, um, you know, I was I, I tried to watch them as much as I could when they doing a lot of half line drills. It's it's fun, funny, fun to watch them. You know, um, do things that I know what they are, and and then you know can imagine seeing that in a game instead of whatever the fuck they were doing the last two years uh, in, in the run game. Uh, but, you know, you see a lot of half-line stuff where they're really trying to, you know, get down the line with their head. You know, you always see them with their head in front where they're not even really necessarily blocking. They're just trying to shield, like, just get in front of the defender, the defensive lineman, because they're going to flow too. So you've got to get out in front of them and get your head kind of in front of them and then their back is just going to kind of pick where he cuts off of um so i just feel like there's just a lot of easy five yard runs in this style of offense and we we saw a lot of that uh at the end of practice they did some i won't call it goal line and i won't even call it red zone it was like starting at the nine or ten yard line and you just like you just saw five yards eight yards nine yards touched it like I feel like in this offense, you know, if you block it up right and you get guys to the outside that there's just, you know, we saw it in the, in the bowl game, you know, how many just easy runs did they have that set up second and five, second and four. And then you keep stretching them, you keep stretching them and then you break one, break one off. So um, Barry Jackson, I thought was impressive. Uh, for a freshman, he, he got open a lot. He caught everything that I saw. He uh, seemed to have adequate speed. Um, 
know, the defense is significantly ahead of the offense, but I expect that for a myriad of reasons. <laughs> Jack Dangle had a good day. Yeah. He was in the so, backfield a lot. Dante Corleone's a dude. Uh, I will say it right here on April 12th, 2023. This is the last year he'll be playing for the Bearcats. How how good of a dude minus is he, minus is he high first round? I should I should say uh, if he plays all potential games. Yeah. Uh, no, he's not because he's a nose tackle only. He's short, and those guys just don't get drafted in the first round. Like hey, Jalen Carter, Aaron Donald <laughs> ran like a four five. And weighs 30 pounds less than Dante Corley. If Dante runs a 4-5, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, uh, but he's, I mean, George. just good Good luck moving him, man. And he's hes getting up the field, uh, made made several plays in the backfield. I think the defensive, the defensive line has, has a nice mix. They have the kind of the stalwarts, Dante, Jawan, Malik, uh, I'll even throw Watley in there. And then they have some guys that I want to see take a jump. Like they need Jamal Williams to take a jump. They don't have that. You know, we're going to, we're always going to call it the my J Sanders guy until someone else comes along and kind of is that prototypical edge rusher type guy. So they need someone like him to take that step to where they're not this kind of, where they have more than just, the bully three down lineman uh, philosophy. Like they, you know, they're going to get some rush from Greziak. They're going to get some rush from Dorian uh, Jones. Um, but he, like he's kind of the piece to me that needs that. If he could step up and Gene Thomas has been out, they'll get some from him. Um, but he's kind of that guy that I'm looking at is when you go strictly four down, does he come in and can he be the guy that is that just pure pass rusher third down? I'm going to go get the quarterback. Cause they don't really, I don't see that guy right now. Yeah. I think just having that, that front four that can really get in there and just cause a bunch of havoc for the quarterback. And then you mix that with, Deshaun Pace at the star position, whose Satterfield's just been griping on how many turnovers he's been getting. That's going to lead to a lot, a lot of successful defensive plays that turns into touchdowns for the offense. So I think that's that something that can be comfortable. Surprisingly yeah. comfortable playing more of a nickel. Well, I asked you yesterday, like, how's he been in coverage? And you said, you know, a lot better than I expected. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see when, you know, in the Big 12. And, like, for comparison's sake, like, Arquan was a corner playing the nickel. Deshaun looks more like a safety playing the nickel to me. Yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. it's not as – like, Arquan was very quick twitch. Like, you know, could could kind of step-for-step speed with those smaller guys. Deshaun, it's going to be a little bit more physical, a little he's bit going more to be like your, a bully. He's going to be your power slot. Yeah, that is good to have against Kansas State, which we don't. I don't even think we play next year. But no. like their style of offense. But then you will. They will need to. I think this this will be years down the road. So Deshaun might not even be here. But like 
against Baylor or Texas Tech, I'm not sure if he feels that same type of or Kansas like fills that same type of position to where you need more of like your true coverage slot guy. So, but we'll see. I mean, we're not playing all these teams this year and you know, who the hell knows who's on the roster next week, let alone next year. Um, <laughs> Mitchell asks, is there any portally needed for the defense? I would say safety possibly, but I don't know. Like with DJ Taylor back there, you've like, I just said possibly, but like, yeah, I'm just saying like right now you've got, you've got um, Brian threats. You've got Amorian Smith. He's been out a little bit this spring, but it, it doesn't look like anything that's like long-term. Uh, you've got Taj Ward who has looked really comfortable at safety, uh, maybe more so than he did as a, as a nickel. And you've got DJ Taylor, who's made a lot of plays this spring. Um, it, it sounds like, unfortunately, uh, Jack Dingle probably no. will not be around or, uh, Jacob no. Dingle probably will not be around for this season. Um, after breaking a vertebrae in his neck. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing. I'm saying they do have. I think four guys they're pretty comfortable with back there, uh, and with they might have to use every one of those spots on a wide receiver. That's what I mean. Like, there's. I'm sure they'd like to get another edge. Uh, I'm sure they'd like to get like a a, a guarantee a bona fide like left tackle that has which experience. Sure, which I'm sure 35 to 50 other teams would yeah. love to add another edge right. or left tackle. So it's like, you know, are they perfect at those spots? No, they're not. But they're also not dying, like desperate at those spots. Like they right. are at wide receiver. So if you've only got a few open spots, and I don't know what that number is. Who, knows, who the hell knows? But plus uh, I think they're going to need another tight end. With, with Joey Belgian, yeah, possibly Belgian. they, you know, they, Brock Falk seems to be kind of in the H back role. No, I don't know how. You know, Brock Falk, but, Caleb Schmidt uh, has been in it a little bit as well. But yeah, I mean, right now, basically at, at tight end, they have uh, Shaman and then Peyton Singletary, and there's not really anything else behind them in terms of like traditional tight ends. So are those two missing out on like playmaking or more blocking? Singletary's a pass catcher. Shaman can do a little bit of both. Shaman's like a like an elevated Lenny kind of. Okay. Like more of a pass catching threat, but can stay in and be a blocker. Singletary's more of a pass catcher, but I mean, you I don't think you as much as we've seen them use the tight end, especially over the past week. I think you need more than two. Mm -hmm. like, I think you're going to need at least one more. They, they went out and got one, and then he hurt his knee. So If you're going to run the ball the way they want to run the ball, you need tight ends. Yeah. You're not going to run the ball like that the way they want to, and it's with spread. I'm not saying they're going to use 12 personnel all the time, but like if you're going to use an H-back and you're going to use a tight end on, on at least some percentage of your plays, if you bring Shimon in, you can't be like, Showing the defense, oh, they brought the other tight end, the only other tight end they have. They must be passing, right? And when she can, he's definitely a, a two way tight end, but I mean, you have to be able to. I mean, God forbid another guy goes down or something, but um, yeah, I that would make sense as well. But like we said, 
you know, whether you want to run the ball 40 times a game or not, you're not going to get through a season with seven wide receivers. Well, like Dave, you, you were like, oh, this is the ones because you saw D Wiggins out there. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, you got to remember there's only seven wide receivers. So like your number one wide receiver is also taking reps with the twos and the threes just to give you enough guys on the field uh, as you rotate through your offense. Yeah. Yeah, how do you not pull someone off a of campus just to prevent injuries at that point? <laughs> <laughs> That's just it's, a horrible situation. The numbers, the numbers game of it all. I'm sure they were calling Wyatt Fisher like, "Hey, man, you got one more in you." Like, you move <laughs> no, I've, I've been jokingly like retweeting like, "There's been a couple of wide receivers that have already announced they're going to the portal," and I just jokingly retweeted and mean like. We need you at Cincinnati. <laughs> it's like it's ridiculous. Have, have you caught a pass in a real college football game? Yes. Okay. Well, well we will at least look at you. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy how thin uh, that room gets. Like to go from restocking it to the quality that they did, where really like one through 10, one through 11, you were like, man. Like, you give this guy a chance, he can make some plays. Well, just, I mean, just take out, I mean, you're going to take out Trey and Tyler for going pro week. Like, not even counting them. Will Pauling, Jaden Thompson, Marcus Peterson, Marcus Peterson, Drew Donnelly, uh, Quincy Burroughs, there's five. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure I'm missing some. So, like, there's seven guys, two that we didn't expect to come back anyway. But, like, and then seven, yeah, seven Norman dudes. Love and JoJo both got hurt. Yeah. Or were hurt when they got here. Like that that was a pretty, pretty chock full of nuts room that is now, you know, you're looking around and going, uh, uh. I mean, I like Donovan Ali. I, I I think uh D Wiggins has a chance to be very good, but oh I, I think yeah, D Wiggins, Donovan Ali, Chris Scott, Barry Jackson, Barry Jackson's a freshman, so you know you never know, but like there are some nice pieces, but not like those guys need to also be helped by five other right. dudes. Like right. they're they're not these aren't elite elite talents that are that can stand on their own right. as as you know, this guy's just gonna be our guy for twelve right. games. Stephen Bird had a nice run. He did. Uh can confirm. Trying to think what else jumped out to me. Jordan Young is pretty sticky, even with one hand. Yeah, I don't know when that happened. They've got a lot of guys with broken hands. I noticed at least two. Yeah. <laughs> or broken fingers or something. It's been a rough spring, injury-wise. Like there's been more than normal. I wonder how much of that is just the the interruption in the continuity of the conditioning program. Yeah. It's where you got a new guy come in, he's got to learn everybody on the roster, what's going to work here, what's going to work there. But you just don't like not you know, you're not as confident in your right. and everybody always talks about like the best way to avoid injuries is to know what you're doing and play fast. Like you get you get injuries when you're hesitant and there's just a, and it, some injuries just happen, but right. you know, you got, everybody's learning. So no one's, you know, outside of maybe, uh, what's his name? The linebacker, like nobody knows what they're doing on defense or offense, really. 
Dorian Jones. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's uh, it's an it's been an interesting spring. You know, just from when I've been able to be there, and obviously I missed probably half of it. Uh, but you still feel like I feel like I got a pretty good vibe on things. And there's a lot of dudes in in the the red jerseys. And as Dave said, like I I would want to practice over what those guys are going nonstop. The injured yeah. guys, like that's at least in practice, you get some guys some around for a little while. Yeah, dragging yeah. weights, dragging weights they're, around they're with probably, the next band. Probably seven to ten, ten guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, basketball. Let's do basketball. All right. What's there to talk about? Um, well, your thoughts on <laughs> Jamel, Jamel Reynolds. We'll get that, Dave. You, ha- you haven't given us really your thoughts on him yet. Uh, he seems like a quality ad. You guys have, you know, you guys have touched on it a ton. I, I can't say that outside of the games that you see played Temple that I paid a whole lot of attention to, to what the Owls were doing, but I, I'm not real big on, you know, disc- discounting 6'10", 200 and whatever pound dudes that seem to have pretty good passing ability, pretty good, pretty good touch around the basket, you know. So I, I'm I'm happy with it. Uh, you know, I think the the portal and and his, you know, I'm not going to change my opinion, but like, I think it all kind of works in concert, like. Show me what else happens. Right. And then I will, you know, kind of had kind of have a much better take as a whole. Like individually, you can really like someone or not like someone, but it, you know, g- give me like we always talk about with recruiting, like people be like, you know, what do you think of the recruiting class? I'm like, I don't know. Tell me when they all show up to school, and then I'll tell you like what I think of the recruiting class. Um but no, I, I think he, you know, it would be, I think, see, like, here's the deal. If they can add Estrada, I like it even more because he seems like he's a good guy in the pick and roll. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you look at, if you look at Reynolds highlights, like, it's pretty clear Wes wants to be a, a pick and roll pretty heavy guy. And... That's why you go get a big that that you know can run the pick and roll like Reynolds does, and then you go find a point guard or a, a, a scoring guard that loves to come off a screen, catch it at the top, play downhill off the ball screen, um, and and either score for himself and or get to the bucket or or, or find somebody. So yeah, um, I, I just think. You know, you're starting to get a more clear picture of things. Um, pretty clear that uh, they decided to pass on rink mast uh, in in their pursuit of uh, uh, Jamil Reynolds. So. You know, you're you're starting to get a better picture for for where their attention is at. Who's the lead ball handler next year if they aren't to get Estrada? 
somebody else that's not in the <laughs> not in is the it, portal yet. Is it James? Is he comfortable with him being that guy? I don't I don't know that you're comfortable with that right out of the gate. Um I think eventually like that's the that's the plan. Yeah. But I don't know in November you can just be like, hey, freshman, like figure it out. I don't think that's fair to the kid. Yeah. Unless is which this is a dude I really, really like, Jalen Hood Shafino, unless he's like him. That's, he does <laughs> sure. he does not come around very often. That dude was sweet this year. Yeah, he was a he was really fun to watch. Yeah, everybody would like that, Dave. That's a, yeah. that's a great point. <laughs> so just go get just go get a guy like that. Yeah, go you're one of the best podcasters in the city. What the hell are we <laughs> are we paying these coaches for? Just go get those guys. Yeah, you just need a Mott Baird to Cincinnati pipeline. It's that easy. Fired up, Mike. Yeah. Let's go. I'm in. I'm in. Um. Estrada, I mean, it's going to be – he set his decision date, which is April 29th. Uh, that's it's pretty late in the in the portal window as the portal carries on. But for a guard, again, for a guard – and maybe you're not going to see a guy that's like, you know, what's 24-7 having as the number six guard in the country – or the number six transfer in the country. He's a two-time conference player of the year. Maybe you're not going to see guys like that, but this is what I talked about last week. When the Reynolds stuff started started picking up steam, there's always going to be guards and wings come available. Like that, there's just there's so much less of a premium on finding those guys than there is finding competent big men. So on a big man, like if you feel like this is a guy that can really help us and be a starting quality big man. And I do think the staff feels you get Reynolds with Mike Rayfeld, you get him with uh, Mike Roberts. He can be a starting level big man in the, the big 12 guards. Like you can be a little bit more picky and, and kind of wait things out to see where things stand because you're going to have more options. That's just how it, you know, it's the nature of the game. There's so many more. Yeah, there's just more six foot three people than six ten yeah. people that can move and you know. Yeah, I mean, if, if, you're just the, if, the, if the guy from Bradley, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure he uh, he was a fit. If you catch my drift, uh, but then if you I don't, don't know, like I don't I don't count European Eastern Europeans as white guys. You have to. Be, I like Frank Mass. They're crazy. He was he was one of the four players out of like fifty that I text in the portal that actually replied to me. So I, just, I, have a I soft, just looked at. I have a at soft like, spot for Frank Mass. Do you see Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska? One of these things is not like the other. It's fair. That part is fair. And he picked Nebraska. Right. So. And so then, if you think that that's going that way, whether it's Tim or Jordan this year, and you don't push, and he goes wherever, Mississippi State, then, like, what was the next option versus, like, you know, 
Yeah. Okay, so let's say let's say Estrada goes to Kansas State. Like I'd feel better with whatever that next option is versus whatever my next option is with a big. Agree. Agree. And that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like And that's without me even could, knowing like we don't know who the and and that April 29th date kind of is makes things difficult because like does you see get a sense before that that maybe they're not getting him? Or do they right. play this out all the way to the end and then does that does that then hurt them with whatever next would have been? That's a tough one to, to yeah. play out. So what do you okay? So what else is in the works that you're aware of? And you don't have to name names, but like if there even are names, but you know, we you and I talked have talked about a wing. That's why Matthew Cleveland, I guess, didn't list UC in the fifty schools or whatever that he said had been reached reached out to him. I always love that. When they just yeah. fill up two hundred and eighty fucking characters of schools, like come on, like you're not serious about all those teams. So why do you need to list all of the teams? My favorite was Caden Shedrick from Virginia cutting his list, cutting his list to 18. Yeah. That was my favorite. I mean, he's going to Duke, right? Now that it's, it's gotta be, he was like, he was a lock to Indiana and then it was Duke's recruiting him and he cut out like all communication, all momentum to Indiana was gone. So it, it's, well, and they had that freshman kid decommit or whatever, ask out of this. Yeah. That was 10 minutes after Flipkowski said he was coming back. Yeah, I would like saying. to point out. Yeah, That's amazing. So what is your thoughts on where, you know, kind of where do we stand? Are there other names that they're kind of keeping on the burner that we're allowed to talk about? I think there's still some things that probably haven't happened yet that they're keeping an eye on. Um, that's the wild part about the portal now too, is it's, there is, there was, it was just give before, like guys going into the portal. Now schools are fighting back, if you will. So what guys are doing are entering the portal as a way or threatening to enter the portal as a way to, to get their NIL bumped up from their current school. Leaking out that I might enter the portal. Right. So there's been. I mean, there's one way you and I have been watching for two weeks. Yeah. And he hasn't gone in. And I have to assume that they found out. Because, yeah, they, they, well, I mean, you're going to talk, they talked to the coach about it. And I'm sure that the the school was like, uh, we'd rather you stay. You're you're an all conference big man that uh, is very, very good. We, we would like to keep you here as opposed to sending you somewhere else. So that's a part of it now, too, that, you know, there's just so many more well, layers. I mean, like, look, the, the, the big balls. dude, the big guy from Syracuse. I don't think anybody expected that one. No, I mean, that one, I, with the coaching change, it's it's hard to know exactly what to expect and what not. But, like, pickle! Um, He's making way for... Hunter Dickinson, although I saw he's visiting Maryland. Yeah. It's Maryland and Georgetown, I think, is what I saw. (laughs) That's one thing for everybody out there. I just don't – like, part of the – and this is the old school part of me where, like, if you want to enter the portal, like, I understand. Like, go for it. But then I I look at, like, where some of these dudes came from to where they're going, and I'm like – 
are you trying to get better? Are you trying to go to the tournament? Like, are you trying, trying to improve your draft stock? <laughs> Apparently, trying Michigan is expecting to sit down with Hunter Dickinson and give their last pitch to get him to stay. They're giving their last added zero to the check that they're going right. to write him. Yeah. And and for everybody out there that, that is a, a basketball junkie and a basketball recruiting aficionado, just know like Keegan has spent some time in that world. He's he's developed some connections in that world. So you're gonna get a little too many connections. A little bit more uh basketball recruiting out of Keegan than maybe anticipated when you found out that I had a new hire. Yeah. And as of just to follow up on that, as of last night, I was emailing high school coaches, seeing if their five-star recruit was going to either decommit or reclassify. So that's what I'm on. I don't envy you on that Indiana beat because there's a (laughs) lot of noise that's not centered in reality that happens on that beat. (laughs) There's, you don't know how many times I've been completely sucked into the momentum that is created. And then it's like, Oh, it's the eyeball emoji is the most used emoji on this Indiana beat. And all they have to do is do hashtag IEDB eyeballs. And my message boards are blown up. <laughs> it's like, what's well, going on? You'll, you'll learn. You'll learn pretty quick why I stay on the football side of things. <laughs> I, I love college basketball. I will wholeheartedly admit that. So, uh, Keegan, they're asking thoughts on Flory Badunga. Um, I I'm interested know. to see how they differ from mine. I don't know what thoughts you can have other than he's one of the more impressive basketball prospects I've ever seen in my life. Um, I saw, I went to the state finals uh, a couple weekends ago at Gamebridge. He was playing Ben Davis, who was undefeated. And you know, I, think, I think it was the first undefeated team in like 10 years in Indiana. Yeah. Yeah, they finished like 17th in the country. Yeah, he converted an alley-oop thrown from the half-court line while being fouled. And it was almost like he was on the rim and had to grab the ball and then put it back in. And he's just ridiculous. And, I, I mean, we were both at the 3SSB live live session last year when he everyone just like who is this like what's going on and i think he left that showcase with 30 offers or something it was insane so So. i was there that first weekend in indy yeah and i watched him for 30 seconds and i tweeted out i just watched a lottery pick that nobody knows about like yeah it was instant it was instant how good he can be and not only how good he can be, but how good he already was. And I don't think he's a guy that's like, Dave, I don't think he's seen 26 reigns. He's probably <laughs> only seen 20, 21 reigns. Keegan doesn't get that yeah. yet. No, I not yet. I don't get that yet. Right, My well, thing we'll, is... It, we'll tell you now, Keegan, real quick. Go ahead. This is how you find out the age of the Africans. So they're trained when they come over. How old are you? I am 16 years old. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What they're not trained to do is give you an honest answer to how many rains they've seen. Because in Africa, they don't measure (laughs) the years by a calendar. They measure the years by a rainy season. And there's one rainy season a year. So when you ask them how many rains they've seen, 
That's how many years they've lived in Africa. So you say, how old are you? And they say, I am 16 years old. And you go, how, how many rains have you seen? And they go, I've seen 27 rains. <laughs> then you add however many years. Then you years add how many the years they've been in America, and that's how old they are. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> well. This, so here's what you're learning, Keegan. This place is a little bit more off the rails, probably, than the Indiana site that you worked for. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm getting. In the one hour and 27 minutes. <laughs> Look, we take it, we take the coverage very seriously. But like <laughs> it's it's coverage. Bro, that's that's seconds, not minutes. You've it's one hour and thirty-seven seconds. Yeah, one hour and thirty-seven, just an hour. <laughs> yeah. Well my thing, to go off of that, my thing about Flory is when you're on a team with Travis Perry and Rally Burgess and it's almost like they don't exist. Yeah. That is when it's impressive because Travis Perry is going to break like the all-time scoring record in Kentucky by six hundred oh, points. <laughs> so, just wait till Keegan meets Dan Simon. You don't know about Dan Simon, Keegan. Not yet. <laughs> Re- realignment expert, Dan. Simon. Conference realignment expert, Dan Simon. Yeah, we have an insider. <laughs> oh gosh. We have fun. That's what you're supposed to do. It's like we have fun. We take the coverage serious, but we also have fun in the process. Yeah. Keegan, do you think uh, from from the from the sources, from this reporting, from the tracking, uh, do you think do you think Flory will? What do you think his future holds? Is he a, is he going to reclassify? Is he going to stay at Kokomo for another year? We, you know, what do, what do you feel could happen there? Hmm. Ah, reclassifying is interesting because it's like you don't really. Logical. I I have a bad experience of reclassification just because of what Indiana saw with um Christian Lander. That's a point uh, to, guard, though. Point guards and bigs reclassifying are two totally different animals. Yeah, but what I will say is he's still and Christian wrong. Lander wasn't ready. He he wasn't ready. He wasn't big enough. Um, but what I'll say is Flory is still raw. Like the talent he has is absolutely undeniable. The impact that he has in the game is undeniable, but there's still times where it, it's very apparent that he's been playing basketball for three years. So the competitive nature of Indiana basketball, when he can go up against cathedral, uh, fishers, those kind of teams. Um, I think staying all, I think staying through his high school career would be a very, very wise choice for him. We disagree strongly. You disagree strongly. Is, strongly. is that because you think a little bit more time will sway him to pursue other options? No, because I don't know what good it does for him to dunk on six three white kids from the middle of nowhere, Indiana, for another year. Well, when I saw him go against um, Zane Dowdy and Ben Davis, and Dowdy was giving him some issues. Okay, but he played like what four, like four good big men all year. Like, yeah. watch the highlights. Like, it's not. How is that? My my thing is how is that making Flory more polished mm-hmm. when eighty five percent of his games are against teams that have no chance. Like, no, like even- I fully get if he wants to play AAU in April and May and July 
and then make like you know make I, I will also say my sources think it's very, very likely he stays in 2024. I just don't agree with it. I don't know how his game develops more than what it what it already has playing against the level of competition he will play against next season. Dave? Do you do you think yeah, I'm gonna cut in. Do you think the move is to reclassify? Or do you think the move is to go to a Montverde, Arizona Compass, that type of thing? If he stays, I think he stays at Kokomo. Yeah, that's the thing. But then that's just putting him in a bad situation. Because I think the if if the goal is to get polished, I think going to an academy is a better move than going to UC. Because you and I could be wrong, but he's expected to start day one, right? Sure. He's a top five pick in the draft. I met, uh, I don't know about that. The center position is. I, I don't. I think wings and guards is basically the whole NBA, unless you're Giannis, and I don't know if he's at Giannis level. He's different. Somebody will or, take him. Or Victor Webb and Yama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I just watched one of the best centers in the country for two years, and he's a borderline undrafted free agent in the NBA. He's not Florida. He's not Flory, but the, the reason that I say Flory is different is there are two things that translate pretty much to every level of basketball: block shots and rebounds. Yeah, and Flory can block everything, and he's a dominant in and out of area rebounder. And those yeah. things translate. He's still he very one-sided. Off- he's still sure. very one-sided offensively, and he was yeah, but. Even if that's the – and I've never seen him play, but even if that's the case, doesn't he get better and grow more against similar and even better players than doing it another year against players that you're significantly better than? Like, even if he needs to improve his offensive skills, like, who's making him get better offensively every day in practice in high school and, and stuff like that, like – the 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 backup center at Kokomo is really going to like make him become a better offensive threat. I think Keegan could outplay that guy. I don't know who he is. So I mean, even I, if he I, like, I we'll say, just be I hypothetical. He reclassifies and goes anywhere. What he does defensively in the minutes that he's provided, and then where he grows offensively through practice against, let's just say against playing against Vic and and Reynolds, like. I feel like that would make him become way better player just on it just on its own by itself. Regardless of what you saw in a game, you wouldn't be like if he came to UC, like I would just tell him, like, get your ass in there, rebound, block shots, play your ass off. We got other guys that can score. We don't yeah, have anybody he's too like good you, that role. He's too good. He's too good to but, be that. But role. I mean, like, while he's in the game though, like, we'll get you you'll get the ball, you'll score, you'll you'll clean, but like we're not asking you to come in and score 20. You'll get fouled and go four for 12 from the line. You know, they got, they got, they got, they got guys that could do that's that. Already, that's why so. they lost that game. Did you see those stats from the line? Yeah. I think it was 15% Kokomo shot against Ben Davis in the championship game. It was bad. So I'll still take the block shots and the rebounds and so, yeah. the, the rim rocking. Crowd electrifying dunks. 
that he pulls yeah. off. And he's he's not bad with his back to the basket. The right hand hook mm-hmm. is is pretty good. How would you um, he's got a good how would you compare let's how would you compare his game to Neon Bedell? You're asking me? Yeah, is that is that reference? Did that go right over your head? Just have you seen blue chips? No. Oh my come on, you're a basketball <laughs> dude and you haven't seen blue chips? No, I, this has been two years. I'm still very raw. I had one good summer on the AAU circuit. Oh no, it's, no, a, it's, a, a, movie. it's a movie. It's a movie. I know. I no. no Penny my, Hardaway, Shaq, Nick Nolte, some white dude <laughs> that goes to Indiana. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's a college Some basketball idiot coach that threw a chair across the floor where they're, where they're paying paying players and they go they go find Shaq in in the backwoods of Louisiana and his name's Neon Bedell. So I'm, I'm envisioning that's what Flory is. Yeah. He's not uh, as thick as Shaq. Well no. You gotta but watch it, man. It's a great movie. He's not Tony, as thick as anyone. Tony Fails TV. You know, Butch's mom wants a a job in a house. <laughs> Butch McCray. These are just all references that I have no idea what you're talking about. Butch McCray about. is Penny Hardaway. <laughs> they got like real college basketball players who are like in the movie though. It's pretty cool. Like they the teams they play have like Bobby Hurley and Calvert Cheney and yeah. uh, a bunch of dudes that you would know. Yeah. Now the one thing the the other thing I'll say about Flurry is I really really wish he was on EY, the EYBL circuit and not through SSB. Yeah. Because I I went up I went up Oh, to the, so you don't think it's good that he has to play against a bunch of 6 foot white kids all the time. Yes, I'm <laughs> explaining this. But that is different from his current situation with Indiana Elite where me and my buddy Kyler Staley go up to watch Travis Perry one weekend. And Flory, obviously. And it's a summer thing with Indiana Elite, and it's like this tournament. And I think they won 85 to 20. So even in the AAU circuit and during the summer, he's not getting out of him what he could. So I really, really wish that he was on EYBL, but I know that will never, ever, 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 ever happen. So why is, why is that to you? <laughs> Powers that be. <laughs> Powers, <anymore>. that be. <laughs> Powers that be. Powers that be. Did you get that one? Uh, get... I'll explain it later. I feel like, I feel like that's a, a reference that hits, uh, you know, about 25 minutes south. West from where I'm sitting. <laughs> where yeah. are you located at right now? Me? Yeah. I live in the east side of Cincinnati, but I'm very familiar with Ross. My my uh, aunt and uncle were administrators at Coleraine in Northwest, and they lived kind of like right on the Ross line. My little cousin played football, Ross Rams football, when he was in like Pee Wee. So yeah. I know all about the west side where you're from. Northwest? <laughs> yep. Aaron, you might I don't know if you might you might know my aunt and uncle actually from the school. You've met them at, a, at the football games. Yeah, I've met them. I don't know that I know I mean I don't know their names. Oh well we'll, we'll, we'll mention offline, but 
Anyhow. No, I like I, I let's put it this way. There's a lot on the line for the people of Kokomo for Flory to return. Yeah. Flory is essentially having the time of his life living in Kokomo, Indiana right now. Like he's the biggest star in the city. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good point too though. It's like as much as we as UC fans or whoever is truly recruiting him would love him to come to our program as soon as possible. Like put yourself in his shoes. Why would you want to leave high school early if you're him? Right. Right. Yeah. It, this like, is, this we, hasn't we, gotten old like LeBron. We this joke is, about like he's not getting any better dunking on six three white dudes. If I'm him, I'm like, I'm loving dunking. On why would I want this to stop? <laughs> and, like, look, did you go up for any of his games at Kokomo? I did not. That okay. was Kyler's job. From what I heard, that place was an absolute zoo. Yeah. Twice a week. Like, mm. just an absolute madhouse. The the town, and he is, from from my time being around him a little bit, and I know you've probably heard and seen this as well. He is an insanely nice kid. Oh, yeah. Very intelligent, very well put together, knows, like, has a good understanding of what's happening as his legend grows. Yeah. He runs that talent. Like, yeah. he is the big man on campus, but not a college campus, a whole town. <laughs> A whole town loves him dearly. Yeah. Like, I I get it. And I, I could see the, and I think it's probably far more likely than not that he stays in 2024 and he stays in Kokomo and they try to win a championship and, you know, see where it goes from there. Um, And I don't agree with it. I, I think he should go to college. Yeah. Whether it's Cincinnati or, or wherever. Like, you start your it's NBA hockey year early. We, know, we all know. It's You start your NBA hockey <laughs> year early. You get to continue your development at a different level. Mm-hmm. And you get to work on more of those things that we're talking about that, yeah, there are – Still some holes in his game. He's not a perfect prospect in large part because he's been playing basketball for three years. He's picked Mm -hmm. it up almost faster than anyone in the history of I've only been playing basketball for three years. But there are things that he needs to develop. Um, I just, man, doing it again, running it back at the high school level and not, and like you said, like not being at Montverde or Lakeier or, Arizona Compass or, you know, IMG, like, yeah. IMG, like whatever. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see because I'm looking at it from a different lens. I don't see the huge value in it. But I, again, I also understand BMOC, big man on campus, like it, mm-hmm. big man, big man in the whole damn city. Yeah. You think he's paying for anything around town? No. Like, you think he's not, like, going to McDonald's and they're just like, here's 
Here's here's your here's your eight cheeseburgers, sir. <laughs> yeah, know. going back to what you said about like him being the nicest kid, I saw him dunk on someone and him apologize. He apologized before he hit the ground. Yeah, <laughs> like he was still hanging on the rim. He said sorry and then ran <laughs> down the floor. <laughs> I can't. That's, I couldn't believe actually, it. Actually, you just said that, and now Dave's out on him. <laughs> yeah. I know how oh, Dave yeah. Simone's brain works. He's now out on Flory. Not yet. <laughs> did, he, did he help him up too? No. He okay, he, he dunked on him, hung on the rim, and kind of like his body weight went into him and he fell down. And then he came down and he was like, sorry. And then ran down the floor. That's, that's all right. It was a courtesy sorry. That's yeah. a little Yeah, different. it was a courtesy sorry. Yeah. If he would have um, stood there and helped him up, Dave would have been done. <laughs> Done. Done. Yeah. He's used to the Justin Jackson days, just anger. Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 from a time w- way more angry than Justin <laughs> Justin Jackson. Uh, <laughs> horse, Chad, horse what's your punched, roommates got burned? Yeah. What's your um? Everyone's got an opinion on this. What's your stance on Xavier Booker? I think he went to the absolute worst <laughs> program for him to go to. And now, especially because everybody decided to come back. Yeah. No, just in style of play. Well, right, but, but still, now it's it's just a like style of play, and it's a super crowded roster. Like, if he would have went to Auburn, he would have been a star. Mm-hmm. Because that's just how Bruce Pearl uses his bigs. Rim run, shoot threes. Pick and pop, pick and roll. Like he would have, he would have, he probably wouldn't have spent five percent of Auburn's offensive possessions posting up. And that's not who Xavier Booker is. Like he's not a yeah. post-up guy. Uh, Izzo's going to demand him it's to like get down of, there on the block with a hand. He's set a lot of screens. Uh, he's okay. Like he's good in the pick and roll, pick and pop. He'll be effective there. But I, I just like. They don't run like he needs to run. He really needed to be out in the open floor and and play kind of a high tempo. Like I, I forget Auburn specifically. That's just because they were recruiting him heavily. Um, I think he belonged in the SEC or the Big Twelve. Yeah, I just don't think the Big Ten is a great fit for for who he projects to be as a player. I think yeah, he's one of those guys. He's going to play in college, and people are going to kind of know of him, but not really, like, he's not a name that's going to pop. And then after, like, if he continues to work, he'll spend three or four years in the NBA, and all of a sudden everybody will be like, oh, shit. Yeah. This dude's shooting 38% from three and scoring 17 points a game and getting nine rebounds. Like, I like his game a lot. Yeah. But I don't think Michigan State was a great fit for him. Yeah. I once I heard that he was uh, still on JV as a sophomore at Cathedral. That's when I was like, eh, "What's going on here?" Yeah. I mean, if you're that good and if you're that naturally talented, there's got to be something else where you're not like a contributor on varsity. And Izzo coaching him—that's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing works out. So you're not as high on his talent as I am. No, no, not really. I mean, really? I saw Flory. I saw Flory dominate him multiple times. I, I like Flory better. Make no mistake yeah. there. 
Yeah. I think Xavier Booker is with his size, his ability to shoot, and the mm-hmm. way he runs the floor. There's there's a place for him in professional basketball. Not in the Big Ten. No, I think, I think he's going to get beat up in the Big, Ten. in the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I loved Garvey Duall. Oh yeah, yeah. We watched him at, in Fort Wayne. Yeah. He just came out of nowhere. I mean, where is he at so, now? Has he went anywhere yet? Not yet. He didn't sign with Providence because they were afraid Cooley was going to leave. And yeah, he's still kind of he's still kind of out there. I love Garvey Duall. <laughs> he's fun. Slicker with the ball than people realize, and I think he can be a top five perimeter defender. Yeah. By the time he's a junior or senior, that kid's defense was outstanding. Outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he just couldn't miss that day in Fort Wayne. I mean, he no. he made Gabe Cups look Awful. rough. Awful. And that does not happen often. Uh, I, know, I, know that, I know that guy. He's from Centerville. <laughs> Trust me, Stillen. I know him too. Uh, Garvey, I don't think so. Like, I don't, I don't really know where that one's going. Can't even win the Ohio State championship two years in a row. No, oh, can't even do it. He's horrible. Uh, Wakes up at six a.m. every day. I mean, he <laughs> goes waits in. He goes to Centerville. What do you want? What do you expect? First in, last out. Sneaky, athletic. That's the, that's the like town next to where I went to high school. Uh, where'd you get a high school? It's going to take you a little while to adjust Spring, to the Bearcat Spring Journal Bro. of things. Bro. <laughs> First one and last one out. Yeah. Jim uh, Rat, dad's a coach. Yeah. More I mean, athletic. we got, there's, there's, there's 15, yeah, more athletic than he looks. Yeah. <laughs> Sneaky really fast. Great. High basketball. I can't forget high basketball IQ. (laughs) Student of the game, pounding nails, big lunch pail kind of guy. Yeah, now you're catching (laughs) on. Does does the dirty work. (laughs) We're not going to get into, like, Keegan and I are going to have to do, like, serious college basketball, like, from the road content once, uh, once we both get situated him with graduation and, and me with Kelly and everything. We'll get out on the road a little bit in May. And then, uh, then July, we'll see. I, I don't even know. They're having EYBL. They're having the peach jam over the 4th of July weekend, Dave. It starts July 3rd. That's, you know, doesn't seem to make a ton of sense to me, but I'm not really in on these type of things. <clears throat> When was it last year? I can't remember. Week, it's always been the week after. Like it always started oh, okay, like okay, four okay. days after the fourth of July or whatever. Whenever that like Thursday was after the fourth of July is when the Peace Champ started. This is not yeah. really my bag, as you can as you can tell. So yeah. It's one of the I'm, one of the worst run things I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And that's my opinion. That's me saying that. No, I'm, I'm not speaking it, for anyone else. <laughs> if you don't know the right people, you are absolutely correct. It is a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is a nightmare. And it took me a long time to know the right people. Like it, it, it the way that they've done things, the way Nike has handled the media and, and everything is atrocious, but they don't care. Yeah. I didn't even get a credential for that last year. I just went down, paid my way. Grabbed Lee and McNeely after one game. 
I, I try to talk to Dylan about that. Oh no! Hey, here, I, here, I you're on a you're on a UC podcast. Tell us how terrible that Duncan dude is that's going to Xavier now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to speak ill of someone who had to get surgery on his sinuses. Um, but uh, he just, uh, he he was ranked pretty high coming out of high school, wasn't he? He was like a top 100 recruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't. I never saw it. I never. I never got even anything close to a sample size to make a hard and fast. I, I didn't expect him to be at Xavier. I thought it was going to be Miami, Kent State, like Toledo type thing. Um, I think him landing at Xavier is great for him, but I just don't see unless he can figure it out, kick it into gear, and just find something. Because when Mike Woodson is at media days this year before the season and saying, I have to get him to take it a little bit more serious when he's going into his third season at Indiana as a college athlete, that's when it's like, okay, there's something back there that's not going right. And there's, yeah, yeah that's, that's so. not great. And that's not really a ringing endorsement when you're a, uh, whatever, red shirt, sophomore, whatever year these guys are anymore. <laughs> And the head coach yeah. is like, yeah, if you only took things more serious, you'd, you'd, have, you'd have a chance to get on the floor. <laughs> so you got Trace Jackson Davis in front of you taking minutes. Now you got Malik Renew. And then you got Race Thompson, who's basically doing what you would do, and you're not even taking it serious enough. Okay, well, I you're back burner. Yeah. So I wouldn't expect him to be, like, a guy at Xavier. I think he'll definitely he'll contribute, but it's not – really someone you plan around so fair enough fair enough where, where did where did our friend go i don't know he just keeps on cutting out oh he does sorry he just, look. He just dis- disappears at times look, look. I'm, a, I'm a single parent now the things that my wife used to handle while i would do these shows are now my responsibility even from the <laughs> hospital like, yeah, not to mention the dogs, the cat in heat every other day. I'm not ready for this shit. It's why yeah. I hired Keegan. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're now my oldest child, Keegan. <laughs> Sounds good. That's an honor. Uh, I'm not sure I'd say honor. It's something. <laughs> Um, all right. I don't, I don't have a lot else. You, Dave? Uh, we could have some uh, realignment news next week. Okay. I believe uh, Dan is going to be in Las Vegas. And, we, you know, and our loyal listeners that know Dan know how much he likes Las Vegas. And uh, that's, you know, that's where the deals are made. Over big steak dinners and expensive bottles of red wine. <laughs> so I think that, you know, if you never know, you might get a, you know, you might get some news from Dan. Aaron, is there any chance you can maybe pull up a picture of uh, realignment, conference realignment expert Dan Simon for us to show Keegan? But Dan. It- if he had a Twitter account, it'd be way easy. He does, he does. have a Twitter account, dummy. 
<laughs> is the realignment news that the Pac-12 is just falling into the Pacific Ocean? Uh, maybe. <laughs> We'd have to ask Dan. But if, if you want Dan to be on the podcast next week, you might have to move it to Thursday. Okay. But What's his last name? Simon. It's like Simone, but without the E. <laughs> Dan. Dan Simon Sports. Conference realignment expert Dan Simon. Is it in his bio? That's his, that's his Twitter name. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, gosh. I saw a blue check mark and like a really well put together guy. I'm guessing that's no. not what I'm looking for. He's at realignment DS. Realignment okay. DS. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the guy. It's a long time friend of the show. Yeah, he's got. Yeah, it's a realignment expert. There's a yacht and his Twitter. As uh, as hard as it is to believe, Dan actually is as about as accurate as the people that get paid to to report on these things. So there you go. That's a picture of him. <laughs> he, looks, he looks eerily familiar. Oh, okay. You guys, you guys, you guys are the worst. <laughs> We're the best. <laughs> well, look, everybody else has got a realignment expert, right? There's like all the West Virginia, the the Star Wars guys. Yeah, Dan's like, a real so, damn person. So we created our own conference realignment expert. We named him Dan Simon. Uh, I hope he's a big fan of the Arrow and the CW. Uh, he's he, yeah. I don't. Dan doesn't. Get, Dan doesn't see a lot of. <laughs> A lot of the there CW. There he is. Where is that picture from? Is that is that from your pool? Or from was from Dan's pool on vacation oh, in Florida? Yeah. That's from Danco Joe. Danco Joe. <laughs> Another Dan Simon sighting in Destin, Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did a we did a so here here's. Give Keegan, him the backstory. Keegan, here's how serious this, this podcast is. Flash, <laughs> we take a family vacation every year, my whole family. Last year, I did the podcast from in the pool. While, <laughs> while every, the, the podcast that week was in the pool while everyone else in the family was throwing me jello shots and doing <laughs> a conga line around the pool. That was one of the very worst episodes I've ever produced, ever. <laughs> it was, but it was one of the best episodes your, that we've ever your done. Sig your signal from the pool was god awful. Well, no, then I had to switch to my phone. Everything was a mess. There yeah, was... I tried. I did it. I started in the hot tub. That was too far away from the Wi-Fi. Then there then was I a went... DJ. You're like, oh turn gosh. it down. I'm trying my brother, to podcast. My brother DJs, so we got the the lights going and the DJ music going. The inflatable donkey. Yep, the, the Pedro, he he was Pedro. he made an appearance. Uh, yeah, so you know we 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 uh, we like to have a good time. On occasion, we'll we'll talk serious topics, but uh, I, I, I don't think you researched us well enough, Keegan. 
I, I leave the I leave the serious stuff to to Aaron and and Brent on Monday nights. <laughs> I am so disappointed in myself on how long that took me to get. That's the uh, journalism yeah. degree coming through. Yeah, we uh, none of us have those. The funny part <laughs> is that at times over this whole like realignment cycle. Dan has been more right than anyone. There have been moments where, like, Dan has said things that have actually come true, like, a day or two later. (laughs) Some reporters would lead you to believe a deal has been imminent for six months. Yes. Those guys emanate from from the state of uh, Oregon. Oregon, I think, and California. Yeah. So, yeah. Some people would call them the Johns. The Johns. Yeah, you never, you would never have to worry about this stuff. You, you, you guys just sit there in your nice little fit. Yeah, that's that's one question I have. What is Indiana? What do they waste all this money on that they get from the Big Twelve Network? Because the football team is stunk forever, and you well, know they literally just giving like the basketball program forty nine million dollars a year, and then all the other sports <laughs> split up like one million dollars. Well, when you have to buy out a contract of a certain coach um, for $10 every million. Three, every, every two or three years. <laughs> every two or three years. Um, no, I mean, that's the interesting thing, and it's been brought up with the short media rights deal. If the football team continues down this road, <laughs> at what point do you say, hey, you know, Notre Dame's waiting. Um, Kansas is waiting. <laughs> People who can bring in more money. So let you can just get the boot and go to the Big 12. <laughs> I can so, never boot Indiana. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, if football is king and football nobody's, is king. No one's getting kicked. I mean, you, you're too young to realize this. Temple actually did get kicked out of the Big East for being too bad at, at football back, you know, probably even like, when I was real young, but like no one's getting kicked out anymore, at least not for a long yeah. time. It's just if, super leagues. If people are getting kicked out, it's certainly not Indiana. It's like, you know, like uh, the Mississippi schools in the SEC, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, Indiana's way too valuable of basketball property for the Big Ten to ever do anything to them. As an, as an Indiana insider, can you confirm that Tom Allen – actually disowned his son and kicked him to the kitty table to have his star linebacker sit at the big kids table with all the other adults during Thanksgiving dinner. I can neither confirm nor deny that. Nailed it. I've never seen a kid disrespected well, that much in my life. <laughs> what do you mean about when, Mike McFadden? Yeah, when Mike McFadden got hurt, who went in for him, Keegan? No, when he got kicked oh, out of the down. game for his for vicious... His vicious assault on Desmond Ritter. I mean, he should have gone straight to the Bloomington Penitentiary. Who who would who replaced him on the football field that day? Uh, either Thomas Allen or Aaron Casey. It was Thomas, Thomas Allen. Thomas Allen. And after the game, he was like, "Look, if my son didn't suck so bad, we would have won that game." Hey, his son's an assistant coach now, so he doesn't hate him that yeah, much. That shows you how much yeah. his potential was as a linebacker. Nepotism runs wild in the in the uh, Allen family. 
Or he absolutely hates his kid to make him stay on Indiana's staff of all schools in the country. He's like, no, nah, you ain't going to a good school. You're stuck here in Indiana. I hope your I hope your 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 subscribers aren't watching this. <laughs> they all loathe Indiana football. Do it's Indiana okay. fans think Elio is as dumb as I do? Um, it depends if they're winning or not. It's kind of like the if, Butch Jones like hold the rope. Everybody thought it was great when he first started, and then when he just continually made up stupid catchphrases, we're all like, "Jesus Christ, just go away!" Now it's it's been very funny to see him come into the press conferences, loss after loss. And he just grips the side of the podium, white knuckle, and he doesn't have a voice because he just got oh, yeah. screaming. He's, and he doesn't have a, a voice, period. And then he has to say, no, we'll go back to practice. We'll get better. Thanks, guys. And then he'll, like, just mumble, like, Elio. Elio. Every press conference, he Elio. ends it with Elio. <laughs> Depends on how happy he is, how vibrant the phrase oh. is. Yeah. Those, those uh, taglines are great until you look like yeah. a jackass when you're – Saying it, you know, at the end of a fifty-six to fourteen beatdown to Ohio State, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, which uh, I had to be at that game in Columbus, and if the media food wasn't just chef's kiss perfect, it would have been a really, really bad day. Uh, Keegan, I'll give you a warning here. Okay, don't compliment Ohio State. No, 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 no. A much, much, <laughs> much more important warning than that. I mean, don't do that either. But, but, but uh, if you're planning on eating pregame before games at Nippert Stadium, okay, you're gonna want to kiss ass to Dave Simone because the food at the Simone family tailgate is far superior to anything that you will experience in the press box at Nippert Stadium. Perfect. Oh, you don't have to kiss my ass. Just show up. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. And do some damn jello shots because Aaron and Brett will never do any. <laughs> before I cover a game. It's like oh, two yeah. hours before. I'm the fan on the team here. Dave so. doesn't cover the games. He, he, he gets drunk. <laughs> he gets drunk. Well, when my media food to Indiana has been gas station prepackaged sandwiches and insomnia cookies, I will give them that. And then I go to UC and it's like grilled chicken and well, if it's anything like what they served in the football stadium, I I can totally relate. Although I think they did have a, a nice soft pretzel, but I think it took me a quarter and a half to get it. <laughs> you, you, you missed you missed the middle of the first all the way to halftime. I mean, it, I'm, they I'm, they ran out of freaking ice and it was a nine thousand degree or they ran out of water. And it was 9,000 degrees, and they were just giving people, like, cups of ice. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah. So, All right. Yes, you, are, you are obviously your, your uh, you know, Bearcat Journal guy now, so you're obviously invited to the Simone family tailgates. Uh, you know. And they will peer pressure you into jello shots. They will try. <laughs> no, I'm not doing Every that. one of them. I'm just warning you. They will walk around with that little, like, little soft-sided cooler, like, <laughs> like opening the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Have you seen Pulp Fiction? No. <laughs> Do I? And, okay, so in the chat earlier, they're like, "Dave, he won't get that. He won't get that reference. That movie's old." I'm like, "It came out six years before he was born, which is the equivalent to when Hoosiers came out five years after I was like." 
after I was born. Like it's not like the movie came out in the sixties. Kids, you got work to do, Keegan. You got work. To yeah, do. just send me, send me a required reading list. Just tweet at me, whatever. Just familiarize um, with yourself with Dan Simon's Twitter feed. <laughs> I just um, followed him and turn on notifications. So well, he doesn't he doesn't tweet often. If he does, well, which is why I need the notifications. It's just pro- it's probably <laughs> important. That's hilarious. I'm still Welcome very to- mad at myself that it took so long. I can't believe that. Welcome to Bearcat Journal, Keegan. <laughs> I'm very, ha- very, very happy to be here. May God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> That's going to wrap it up. We'll see what happens next week. It might be Wednesday. It might be Thursday. Uh, we'll figure it out from there. Thank you to everybody for joining in. Thank you for uh, welcoming Keegan with open arms. I promise you guys, he's he's going to be an outstanding addition to this team. Uh, and he probably got in and bit off more than he could chew, agreeing to do this. But we'll, it'll be okay. We'll see you. Uh, we'll see you next week. This is the BCJ podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.